0: Classes in session. You're listening to Squat University by Dr. Aaron Horshick. Let's go! Now, let's start the show. Hey, what's up, podcast listeners? Thank you so much for checking out today's show. This is episode 107 of the Squat University podcast. The goal with each and every one of these shows is to bring you as much value-packed content to help you move better in the gym and in life, decrease your body's aches and pains, and help you reach your true athletic potential. Today's podcast is sponsored by Barefoot Athletics. Here's the deal. If you want to lift big weights with great technique, you need the right shoe. And for those of you out there that like to lift in a flat sole shoe, like a Chuck Taylor, you need to check out the Ursus shoe by Barefoot Athletics. They have a super wide toe box that allows you to naturally splay your toes out and use your foot like it was designed. No more cramming your foot into a narrow toe box and smashing your foot into an unnatural position. And yes, most Chuck Taylors are extremely narrow. I've been lifting in the Ursa shoes for any of my non-Olympic lifts, like my deadlifts and squats, for the last couple of months, and I absolutely love them. They're extremely comfortable, and they're not going to break your bank like many other lifting shoes out there. Now, if you go onto the Barefoot Athletics website, and that's B-E-A-R, like the animal, dot com, you can use the code squatU. For 10% off your order, and that's for anything on their website, including the Correcto toe spreaders that I actually wear every single day that help, again, improve foot stability with the end goal of being able to improve your movement quality and technique. So again, check this out, barefootathletics.com. Now, on to today's show. On today's podcast, I am going to answer the age-old question, do tight hamstrings create back pain? Now, the idea behind this podcast was spawned by a recent conversation I had with a patient who came to me with low back pain, whose doctor told them that they had tight hamstrings, which led to their pain, so they needed to perform these specific stretches every single day. But unfortunately, there's a problem with this reasoning. You see, for years, we've been taught to stretch tight hamstrings for those who have had low back pain based on the premise that their limited flexibility was the cause of pain. But here's the kicker, it isn't. You see, in 2000, a group of researchers from the Netherlands performed a study where they looked at a number of different factors amongst three different groups. You had a group of people that had very flexible hamstrings, you had a second group of people who had very tight hamstrings, and then you had a group of people who had low back pain. And here's what they found, those with low back pain had the lowest hip range of motion via the straight leg raise test, which basically you lay on your back and you have someone raise your leg as high as you can go until it's just too painful or your leg starts to bend. And that's how we typically measure the flexibility of the hamstrings. So what they found was that those who had back pain had even worse flexibility via this test than those who just had tight hamstrings. The next thing they found was that the hamstrings in both the very flexible group In the very tight group showed a very similar defensive reaction as they were stretched. This is a neurological finding. Basically, the further their legs were stretched, the more electrical activity rose in all of the hamstring muscles. However, those who had low back pain had a very abnormal defense reaction and did not have the simultaneous electrical activity in all of their hamstrings. Also, the electrical activity that they did record did not increase at the same gradual pace as those who were pain-free. Now, this difference was only attributed to a heightened arousal or sensitivity to movement that occurs in those with back pain. Basically, they have neurologically a different electrical signal that is being sent to the hamstrings when in back pain. Now, there was no difference in the muscle stiffness between those who had tight hamstrings and those who had low back pain. And the last finding was that the hamstring flexibility of those with back pain was worse than those that had just tight hamstrings, but the limited motion was not accompanied by an increase in muscle stiffness. So here's what all this means. Basically, someone with low back pain doesn't have limited flexibility for the exact same reasons who just has tight hamstrings. Their muscles are actually reacting and behaving differently in appearing to be tight or short, because they have less ability to tolerate a stretch. It's a neurological change. Basically, it occurs because their nervous system is going haywire due to the presence of pain in their back. So despite what your doctor may have told you, despite what your physical therapist, your chiropractor, your athletic trainer, despite what all these medical practitioners before you have told you about your back pain, tight hamstrings, are not a cause, but yet a symptom of back pain. What this means is that we can't just stretch it away. So let's talk about the treatment plan or what it should look like for someone with back pain. Now that we know that limited hamstring flexibility for those in back pain is not just due to being tight. The solution can't just be to stretch it away. Here's what we do. It's a three-step process to fixing back pain. The first step, simple. You're gonna wind down pain sensitivity by avoiding the motions, postures, and loads that contribute to pain. Now, this is gonna be different for each person It requires efficient screening. So a lot of times, people will look for specific exercises. What can I do exercise-wise to get me out of pain? In reality, it's just as much what you don't do that can help decrease how painful your back is. Now, here's an example. Let's say you get pain um, when you are sitting with slouched posture. Or maybe bending forward to pick a barbell, or even like a bag of laundry off the ground. Yet you don't have any pain if you're walking or standing upright. Well, that rounding of the spine is what is triggering your pain. That's called a flexion intolerance. You are intolerant to the movement of flexion or rounding of your back. Now this would be the opposite of someone who potentially could just round forward all day long, sit with slouched posture, and it doesn't make their back pain worse at all. Yet. Maybe the second they extend their spine, they have pain. So envision someone, maybe a weightlifter, doing a barbell press overhead or a jerk. And in doing so, they get a lot of extension, a lot of low back arch, and yet that triggers pain. So for that person, that would be an extension intolerance. And yes, some people can have both. But the first idea is figuring out what specific motions, postures, and loads contribute to pain individually for you because there's no one-size-fits-all and then removing those. So for the person that has pain when they're sitting or uh, bending forward to grab something off the ground, maybe having a standing desk for a while, or kneeling rather than rounding their back can help decrease pain over time. It's slowly decreasing your sensitivity to pain because you're moving a little bit differently. So it's not only what you do but what you don't do that can be the first step to getting out of pain. Uh, For that person that maybe has pain when pressing overhead because they arch their back, well, let's work maybe on some mobility so that you don't arch your back every time. So maybe this is upper body mobility. And in the short term, let's still allow you to press and get your workout in, but maybe let's change up your, uh, your workout. So maybe you're doing like a kneeling landmine press. That way you're still pressing, being able to train what you can train while you fix what you can fix. It doesn't always mean that we have to eliminate training we just need to modify things in the short term to allow us to still uh, get out of pain now the second step once you have found your individual trigger for pain you have started moving a little bit differently is to improve core stability this is something that can be very beneficial for almost anyone and this is something where i start implementing the mcgill big three now again this is baseline learning core stability and can often be tolerated by even the most painful backs now I'm not gonna go in-depth into the McGill Big Three for this podcast, Uh, I have many of them before and I've even talked with Dr. Stuart McGill extensively on the podcast, so go back and you can listen to those. Or go on my YouTube, just search Squat University McGill Big Three and you'll be able to see those three core stability exercises. And the last one is improving movement quality. Basically, learning how to move a little bit more optimally as we put more load on your body. So, for example, someone who maybe has pain that's flexion intolerant, they would early on have a very difficult time deadlifting. So whenever we're relearning the deadlift, we're creating optimal stability with proper breathing, proper bracing, learning how to activate the legs with proper leg drive and not lifting all with the back. So things like that can be extremely helpful as part of the three-stage process for getting out of pain and building back resiliency because every single one of you guys that are listening to this podcast, you do so because you're trying to get back to lifting. You enjoy lifting heavy, whether that's competitively as a weightlifter, powerlifter, a crossfitter, or someone who just loves to lift weight. So the end goal with any rehab program is to then reinstill a lot of weight training into that to build back that resiliency, that capacity. That's why I always say if someone has gone to a physical therapist before, and in doing so, they have not pushed weight, they have not squatted, they have not deadlifted, Yet that's their end goal with the physical therapist was just like, ah, just, you know, go, go try some lifting. You're at the wrong person. That needs to be something that you do with a professional in that setting to make sure that you're doing it correctly and really optimizing that rehab plan. So the thing to really understand with this podcast is that every single aspect of training or a rehab program has a purpose. And at the end of the day, you have to ask yourself why you are implementing every exercise. And that includes stretches. For years, we had been educated and taught. And this is something, again, something I had been taught in physical therapy school and many physical therapists across the world, medical doctors, chiropractors, athletic trainers are taught the same thing. We're taught that if a muscle is tight, we need to stretch it and return it to what is like this textbook normal. But I hope you now understand that those who are in pain do not have a normal hamstring flexibility. Like their body is reacting differently Due to their injury, that is creating this facade of being tight. For this reason, you can't just stretch away the limited hamstring flexibility for someone in back pain. The problem isn't coming from the hamstrings, but their stiffness is instead a reaction to the low back pain itself. Also, and this is another very important thing just because someone has tight hamstrings does not mean they will end up with back pain. In fact, some athletes have stiff or short hamstrings for a reason. Now, remember I talked about earlier the muscle length testing where you're laying on your back and then having someone raise your leg up and then based on how high you can raise it up, we say, well, this is a normal amount. That whole testing was developed years ago based on the idea that there is this set normal ideal range of muscle length for optimal movement and safety, but blindly stretching away someone's or an athlete's specifically hamstring stiffness with long duration stretching just because they appear to be abnormal on paper is not always a good idea either, even if they are out of pain. I'm going to clue you into this little secret. Most elite athletes have very abnormal traits that give them the ability to do things that most normal people cannot. Instead, I urge you to go about addressing what you find in athletes in a different manner than we have used in the past. For those in low back pain, treat the why. Understand that tight hamstrings are there for a reason, and they're there as a reaction to the pain, and we need to learn how to stabilize the back. Turn back on inactive glutes and fix the movement pattern that led to the injury in the first place in order to really find a lasting fix. For the athlete with just tight hamstrings, learn to incorporate a proper warm-up that includes more like dynamic movements and short-duration stretches if warranted. But the idea of improving mobility and movement quality without a decrease in performance, I rarely will prescribe very long-duration stretches for anyone because our idea is that we want to actually improve our movement quality without seeing any decreases in performance. Stiffness is there for a reason, and actually, especially for a strength athlete, we don't want to decrease stiffness too much because we want to be able to still have a little bit of rigidity in order to allow our body to hold and withstand massive amounts of weight that we're trying to lift so that is it for today's podcast i hope that it was able to help empower you to make a couple more educated choices when it comes to whether or not we want to stretch and if stretching the hamstrings should ever be warranted for someone who has low back pain so again i hope you guys are enjoying the podcast that i'm creating obviously this was a little bit of a quicker uh, one with just myself, not an interview. If you are enjoying the podcast, please take a picture screenshot of this right now on your phone, share it across social media so I can at least reach out to you and say thank you so much for listening. It really means so much to me, guys. Uh, if you have any questions or things that you would like for me to cover in future podcasts, just uh, DM me on Instagram, email me at squalluniversity at gmail.com. Um, also, if any of you guys are on the new app Clubhouse, uh, definitely hit me up on Clubhouse. I just got on that a couple weeks ago. And myself and physical therapist, Dr. Dave Tilly, who runs Shift Movement Science. Uh, we've been doing some weekly or at least on Tuesdays, um, a couple interesting things on Clubhouse talking about just sports performance and rehab. So if you guys are interested in learning about that at all, jumping on, listening into the conversations, it'd be awesome to have you. Um, hope you guys, again, are enjoying uh, the podcast and have a great week. Till next time, guys. Happy squatting. That's it for today, class, on Squat University by Dr. Aaron Horschig. For more exclusive content, log on to squatuniversity.com.